Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Stuart, Buzra, Stefan and Apova. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, a Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some small introductions. Uh, Stuart, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So, as you said, I'm Stuart. Um, I've been working in gaming for about 10 years now. Um, eight and a half, nine years of that, I've actually been here in Germany. Before that, I was in Ireland. Um, currently, I'm working for InnoGames, uh, mobile, so mobile and browser-based company, um, and I'm handling um, user acquisition and also um, some level of ad monetization as well uh, across basically all of our live marketing titles: Forge of Empires, Sunrise Village, Rise of Cultures, Elvenar, yeah, and several more. But I don't need to go into details. Perfect. Uh, above it. Yeah. Hi. Uh, I'm Apoorva and um, I'm the lead brand and marketing manager at Crytek. Um, I've had the opportunity to work on um, some incredible projects in the gaming industry. And uh, you may have heard of Crisis, uh, The Climb, and uh, uh, most recently Hunt Showdown, which is a live service PVPV title. Um, I am passionate about gaming and the gaming industry. I've been working in the industry for around uh, eight to nine years now. And I'm excited to share my knowledge and expertise with you all today. And uh, also, I'm thrilled to be talking to you guys. That's it. Perfect. Uh, Stefan? Hey, well, well, I'm Stefan. And directly after finishing my studies, I just jumped out of the gaming industry. Now I've been working at Gameforge for three and a half years, first in production, now as product manager, and mostly they're taking care of our indie games. So a special branch called now IndieForge, and right now I'm working on a neat little retro platformer called Tiny Tour. Also from a German indie dev, actually. Um, yeah. Perfect. Uh, and finally, Bushra. Hello, I am Bushra Andaj. Uh, I have been in the uh, game industry also quite recently. I have just uh, three, four years of experience. Two of them is mobile and two of them is uh, PC console. Uh, right now, for two uh, last two years, I have been working in a play-on. Uh, formerly known as Kohmedia. Uh, I believe we also work together uh, with Approva regarding the Hunt Showdown. I remember the title from our backend. Uh, our recent uh, IP is uh, Dead Island, I guess. Uh, we have released recently Dead Island 2. Uh, but um, as a junior product manager, right now I am working in several titles. Uh, one of them is Let's Sing. And um, yeah, my main task is to ensure that the release is happening. Uh, relatively, this includes uh, marketing uh, topics too. Nah. Brilliant. Thank you, everyone. Um, so now that we've got a bit of context to everyone, uh, let's move on to the topic in focus today. So you've all prepared a question or statement on the future of marketing within games. 
So we're going to go around the room asking everyone to pose your question and the reason that you're asking it as well. Everyone's going to have their own opportunity to give their take on the question. Uh, so let's start with Buzra. Okay, my question is, in what ways can marketers leverage user-generated content to create more personalized marketing ex experiences for gamers? Uh, I know that uh, for the recent years, uh, with internet, with all these uh, social uh, sharing platforms, uh, now uh, uh, as marketers, uh, it is important for us to use these social media platforms, maybe arranging some uh, social uh, marketing uh, movements or uh, getting in touch with uh, influencers to reach out more players and uh, how this uh, process can be more personalized. Uh, as you know, uh, right now, when we speak about uh, getting a new car, our phone starts to suggest us some uh, car advertisements uh, from the information that uh, recorded. So how can we use this uh, new technologies uh, for uh, to improve our marketing strategies. Yeah, uh, I guess I can go first. Um, to be honest, working in mobile gaming, it really depends, I think, on the type of game you're working with, how much user-generated content you will have. So you're talking maybe something like a PvP-style game, which really lends itself to players creating content. I think it's, uh, it can be a bit easy, a bit easier to actually have this content to use. Um, in my case, at InnoGame, so we're more of a PvE-focused game, mostly built around city building, so there's not so much user-generated content out there, maybe some basic intros to new features and stuff like that, so it's a bit difficult for us to fully utilize it. But even in that sense, we do see a trend of recreating user-generated content, so basically kind of faking a little bit, basically for, for platforms like advertising on TikTok or on Instagram Reels, so basically we've found and also been informed from other advertisers as well uh, in our peer group that basically recreating uh, user content, user generated content, basically recording with your phone and doing using real life uh, people, sometimes even colleagues as well, um, basically playing games and making some kind of funny sketch that might fit in better with the with the environment in which you're advertising to make it feel more native and um, tends to work quite well. That's the way in which we usually approach it. Of course, maybe a bit different um, to the rest of you if you're all working with uh, console games whereas players are usually quite eager to share a lot of content but I mean not only us I know Rush Royale um, and, and also you know uh, Clash Royale when it first came out was also doing a lot of um, competitive uh, competitions where they also show you know, players and also stream it as well so I don't know interested to see how you guys approach it as well maybe I can learn something and take it over to the mobile side I mean that's a good point you just mentioned I mean your first thing users to actually generate content right and I mean that coming from the indie side of things I strongly believe that the game itself needs to deliver some sort of interesting take to actually then generate those content and so here the game pretty much determines what kind of content can be generated so to just put it short a good product will of course have more user-generated content than a bad product will. And then there's also ways to fake this, just you just said, to create some artificial content or even to make a challenge out of there. So go out there as a publisher, as a marketeer, and ask your users, maybe your dedicated community, to create something and handpick those, even push this promoters and put this on the front of the uh, 
target audience you want to reach. That's just my take. Um, from my side, uh, specifically, since uh, I think Stuart said the right thing that on the console front, players are more dedicated, um, especially because, you know, the cost of entering is also uh, a little high and also because you have uh, live service products as well. Uh, I think the most important thing is base basically dividing this question into two parts. One is what can advertisers do, and what do and the second is what do we need to keep in mind. Uh, so the first, uh, I think, important thing is to make sure that you know you instead of just forcing your fans, you talk to your fans, you encourage them to work on uh, you know or talk about their gameplay experience to you know do certain videos, do reviews, do fan arts, etc. And uh, uh, the other thing is to make sure you encourage player versus, you know, bribing in this case. Um, to uh, make sure, uh, at least in, um, uh, in the important points to remember is that you give the right credits, because especially when you're using fan arts, not just put the fan art as uh, like, hey, here, look, some art that is out there for you all. But it's important to give the right credits or, you know, at least ask the permissions from the players that are using certain things from uh, their end or give the compensation in a right way, especially if you're using influencers, uh, etc. So I think if you try to uh, do these things, the community is going to be much more excited about doing certain content for you because you're trying to reward them, you being just towards them. And, uh, uh, and I think encouraging this way is going to help your product more uh, also to keep in mind is uh, try and conduct some sort of competition where players are actually more excited to do some things for you because then this in turn uh, generates more and more content where users do that for you rather than you forcing them to do something indeed i think so too like in this uh, community uh, players suggest games to players and uh, it is important that um, they are able to experience the game wholly and um, yeah, especially for gaming com uh, companies, uh, there should be some ethical standards too. For example, um, maybe you also uh, seen some kind of adver advertisement for mobile games on Instagram or other social media platforms. Uh, saying that uh, the game will have these puzzles, these uh, events, but when you download the game, when you play the game, it is completely whole different game. And uh, I believe that's also important during the marketing uh, events or yeah, marketing videos. Uh, companies should be transparent, also respect the privacy and avoid deception. Yeah, I totally agree. In the, the the mobile space myself, it's a, it's a big trend over the last few years. I specifically know quite a lot of this. I was looking into it. It's mostly driven by one or two companies that are doing it. So I'm not going to name names to do any shaming at the moment. But just one or two companies that were doing it, and then they ran into some and uh, as far as some legal issues as well because they were basically with the ombudsman for advertising in the UK and basically banned them from doing it. And then they actually integrated those said mini games into their games to justify the advertisement. And uh, I know that's a pretty big trend that's being followed in mobile, at least from, let's say, some smaller to mid-tier companies as well, because it's an easy way to drive down costs, whether I have ethical or not. It is another question. If it's then um, included in the game, which is kind of the trend it's moving towards now, is basically to drive down costs by including these mini, these um, very clickbaity mini games actually into your game somehow in a very um, superficial way. 
the end, there's the question then, okay, how much you playing with the ethical boundaries there or not, but if it's in the game, it's of the core loop, it's it, then the question. But there's definitely some very questionable multiplayer out there with completely different app store versions to the, what the actual game is as well, which I think is then a, a step way too far, but yeah. But that's that's exactly, I mean, that's, I agree with that. I've seen so many ads on Instagram, which are so different than what the actual game is. Um, however, I think this is one exact place where the uh, user-generated content comes into picture because uh, now instead of looking at the ad advertisements uh, directly from the advertiser, I think it's much better to really go out and see what are the other people of the community talking about it, how are the reviews, etc. And I think this helps the game much, much more rather than the company doing the advertisements itself because the trust factor there is much higher. I think from an organic standpoint, so organic push, it definitely makes a lot of sense. I was just always not too sure. We've tested in the past with some user-generated content we found. And from a, coming from a pure performance marketing background, it just simply just didn't perform as well, actually. So I think for driving in organic users, it can work very well for building a community, definitely. But from a performance standpoint, it's not always the most performative phrase, uh, but for sure. I mean, there are some companies I find that do do it very well on mobile. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this game, Cats and Soup. Uh, it's a pretty big mobile game with like 34 or 40 million downloads. And very simple game, idle game. We have cat, different cats making soup, cutting up different ingredients. You can dress them, you can put them in a, in a small room where you decorate it. And basically have also missions built into the core loop of the game where you have to take pictures of it. And then it will give you rewards for that in the game. And then it also immediately gives you the option to share it on Instagram. They also have a very big um, connection with the Instagram influencers as well to kind of uh, promote this cuteness aspect, which is obviously very uh, a big aspect of their um, USP. There's that art style. So it's definitely some mobile gaming companies out there that are doing it quite well, I think. But Adapt is, I think, that's a good example of a PVE uh, company handling it because it's completely, it's not even PVE, you're not even playing against the environment, you're literally just making soup in an idle game. But yeah, it can work. I mean, it must look cute and... I think it's also important to note on which platform the generated content will then land on. Of course, on a page like Instagram or Twitter, people like cute things. If the game is yes. cute, chances an image of a cute whatever, <laughs> be the cat, be the dog. I mean, there's even the whole petted dogs uh, thing going on on Twitter. Yeah. Um, it will exactly. generate likes, definitely. Another way around, if you want to go on, I don't know, uh, probably Snapchat. I am not that good of, of social media platforms, so bear with me. But if you also then need to have some kind of video content, which can yeah. be shown off there, because there are, of course, games. And again, talking about some indie games, some strategy, grand strategy, where you don't even get what's going on as a player in the first few seconds. How can anyone that's seen this Edna for the first time or content understand anything? So Yeah, that's kind of the issue we run into with games like Forge of Empires, which is just city building game and you have people who are really dedicated, have a very, very big city that honestly just is completely optimized for develop certain resources, which doesn't really lend itself so well to making really nice, simple to follow UGC, which in the end is as a not even from a marketer or company standpoint, but as an influencer or someone who's creating content online, also want to solve something entertaining, but also simple enough to understand to a certain degree. If you want to get big, so it's, it's it. The difficulty we find as well, specifically to get this kind of content made by users, that's where we kind of go the approach of kind of uh, making ourselves. And then also we start recently want to work more with uh, influencers as well to see how we could kind of tackle this from our standpoint, be a bit more like them 
paid promotions and uh, stuff like this. But yeah. Indeed, uh, one of the uh, marketing ways that we are using for our console and PC games is uh, uh, influencers and streamers to reach out more uh, core gamers. And well, just 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 curious. So, so as I said, we're not doing so much now. We're going to do more. What kind of activities? It's just pure like okay, this video was sponsored by. X game, or are you really doing proper creating proper contact with them? Because I know there's multiple different approaches that you can take. You can just be a sponsor, or you can have a whole piece of sponsored content as well, where it's really around your title, and you send over a script of all the things you want to have covered. Or yeah, just wondering what your approach you guys take is. Well, of course, uh, it depends on a game that you're promoting. For example. Uh... I have a title, uh, Let's Sing, and as you can guess from the naming, it's a karaoke game. So uh, when we try to do some marketing campaigns, uh, we are usually tend to uh, get in touch with influencers uh, and arrange, uh, for example, an event in supermarkets uh, with karaoke boots or karaoke cars uh, that we are setting up the game there and uh, invites uh, custom players to join the games to sing a song and while doing that we are creating a hashtag for, for social media platforms sharing uh, ex- user experiences uh, stuff like that but for uh, other games uh, rpg games uh, it should sure be uh, different maybe more uh, steam uh, related not uh, instagram or um, soft social media like Facebook uh, focused, but more uh, Discord or uh, Twitch focused. So. Yeah, karaoke game does sound like a perfect fit for TikTok, though. Yes, all yes, yes, definitely. Indeed. Yeah. Like a thing match on TikTok. <laughs> Go on. No, I was keeping my head if you're auditioning the influence before to make sure they're actually good singers, but maybe that's going a step too far. <laughs> <laughs> Or you just turn up or you make a whole influencer series with uh, different influencers so you can sing the best and they get voted through by the community. Yes, actually, we are also planning that. It is no. all about <laughs> the budget, of course. Marketing budgets that we can uh, spare. Oh, nice. And I think that's a perfect segue into the next <laughs> question there. Uh, so, Apova, on to your question. Okay, so uh, my question is, how do we make the best and the most ethical use of generative AI for marketing? Um, the reason is that if you search for a monthly, let's say, Google trend report, uh, AI or machine learning would be top of the list and increasingly so. And of course, we all know that AI is here to stay. So however, with the uncertainty around uh, the AI, it's imperative that we um, as a marketer talk about what are the best use cases and how can we make the most ethical use of the same. Uh, use of the same. And um, uh, I think when it comes to generative AI specifically, that can be used to create like any type of content, like images or or texts um, or even audio, for example. So I think uh, we definitely need to talk or work more on where do we draw the line um, in terms of uh, such AI or such content uh, in use. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a big issue even. I think even the, the term generative AI is also being questioned now. A lot of people are just trying to, at least I know a lot of people are trying to push the term of more imitative AI because in the end it's only imitating. If they were creating anything new, it's only making mashups of existing things or yeah. in, in of things. But yeah. I mean, 
again, from our standpoint, we haven't used it too much from a visual uh, creative aspect so far, but what we do use it for a lot is specifically is, you know, uh, ad copy generation and making variations of best performing ad copies. Um, keyword generator for search traffic. There's also plugins for Excel and Google Sheets you get with certain macros. It's then also, of course, good for creating certain like um, optimized texts for ASO or SEO as well. So this is also some things that, you know, I, I don't feel is um, too bad in terms of, you know, the ethical aspects of it you can still utilize. Of course, you don't want every single marketer using chat GTP to generate their SEO text because then everyone will just have the same text probably or very, very similar, which is then, of course, how do you make yourself stick out? So I think there are also limitations in that regard of relying solely on AI. I think it can be used, in my in my opinion, to yeah inspire you. So, of course, it'll definitely help you get some keywords and stuff like that in there. But I mean, in my opinion, most of the time, maybe use for more general brainstorming and um, gathering inspiration and ideas. But then the actual implementation, I think, still needs that last bit of human touch um, in that regard for those topics. And then, yeah, coming into, I don't know, if you look at mid-journey creating certain character designs and stuff for you, you probably legally can't even use them. I think as far as I'm aware, Getty Images right now is suing mid-journey because there was an image created with a very obvious blurred version of Getty Images logos because they were using all of their content to to do their learning. So mm. I think that's a bit uh, difficult. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, definitely the, the, the most important point here is to uh, also, I mean, the ethical or not, that's something as of now is not something we can uh, decide on because anyway, this uh, the algorithms are based on somebody else's prompts, right? So um, I think one of the most interesting things is uh, that these prompts are definitely self-generated. So the most uh, the, the good thing is that where you can customize uh, uh, your uh, objectives, like this is what I want to know. And I think where you draw the line is making sure that you don't copy paste uh, that is mentioned. Like, for example, write a thank you note for my uh, uh, community and then you copy paste the same thing on your Twitter, which will be really, really uh, sad. Unless you just take the inspiration of certain words and then um, you create a much more personalized uh, note to your community saying that, you know, this is what you did for us and we're really thankful to you. And I think one of the most interesting use case over here is to see if you're being grammatically correct, for example, um, uh, or, you know, making sure that the content that you put uh, as a prompt is yours and not your customers. So you don't breach somebody's data uh, uh, or privacy in this case like for instance you're working on a sentiment analysis and then you're you're not putting out any personal information about someone um, so there are definitely I think a huge number of use cases over here but uh, when it comes to drawing a line I think that's really important to see what you're using it for and how you're altering certain things and how you're um, personalizing certain prompts or certain answers that are given to you to make sure that you use make the best use of it rather than just you know making it do all the work for you yeah i mean that the whole brainstorming topic also aside because of course i think everyone of us and everyone that is using ChatGPT is using it in some way for brainstorming be yeah. the simple copy text be it even ideas for any upcoming event for any upcoming activity it just helps um, but the other, and the, as a creation sort of sense, the uh, prototyping actually is something that I wanted to talk about because it can also help. And now we again go into this ethical question. But if you tell them, hey, I need a new character for my game, 
I need a, well, where did I put a mascot for my game? Draw me some cute square shaped rats thingy. This is nothing that should ever be published, of course, nothing that should ever be released, but maybe it gives a new artist or even yourself that idea, which will then evolve into a red circle, <laughs> which is how you mascot of your new game. Okay, I'm not ChatGPT and no journey either, but I guess you get my point. It's just for quick and fast prototyping, I basically brainstorming in as a creation. I think it's also will shape the whole environment here, the artistic environment. Yeah, I think so too. Um, especially since we are talking about uh, generative AI, uh, then we need to uh, talk about the most common one, ChatGPT. And uh, while using uh, a generative AI, uh, it is important to uh, enhance the creativity, not replace it. Also, uh, tr ensuring transparency is uh, an important issue that uh, we need to inform that uh, this content is generated by AI to the players. Uh, that's, for example, if you are if they are using an AI customer support, they need to know that uh, it's the AI customer support. Um, and to make this conversation a little bit uh, interesting, I actually asked your question to ChatGPT. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it answered that uh, to enhance uh, marketing efforts uh, with AI, uh, we can use personalization, content create, creation, uh, predictive analytics, customer service, and uh, leading scoring uh, using the AI. Uh, it is just a summary of uh, the things that uh, it, it has listed. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, ways to use uh, AI uh, on marketing topics and also um, hold in gaming industry, I believe, for example, this customer service was uh, a surprise for me. But when you think about that, um, all of the other industries are right now using it, like chatbots uh, for uh, 24-7 uh, service and support. And uh, I can say that uh, in my firm, uh, it is not fully implemented and we are still using uh, regular humans uh, for customer service. But sure, it will be much better and also another marketing point to use an AI service to uh, improve our customer service. Also, content creation is another uh, important issue that's right now uh, AIs can create uh, different kinds of uh, marketing assets, um, social media posts, or even art. But uh, I don't think that uh, it will be ever replacing the human creativity, and it shouldn't be th that way too. But using it uh, as long as uh, it's with a transparent information and concern, consent, uh, will be uh, improve our projects and lives. That's for sure. I think in general, again, maybe to bring them <laughs> down a little bit, I'm not too sure. Um, one thing also, and even from an ethical standpoint, never mind of how we use it, but how the content is generated for these uh, 
language learning models a lot of the time like chat gtp requires a lot of content blocking so we don't want all the content there and that means people being actually paid in a lot of um, low income countries to do a lot of content blocking like facebook used to do back in the day for content moderation where if you were being paid very little to block all this content the ai shouldn't learn and yeah. put a worse job on the world Exactly. And if they're being paid very, very little compensation for this and things okay, then the ChatGTP, OpenAI, and all of these other companies benefit vastly from it. Um, yeah, so it's a force in the whole ethical standpoint of this generative AI and the whole beginning, never mind, before we get into the marketing aspect. But um, yeah, it's a question of how that can be improved over time. I mean, in the end, unfortunately, in every industry, this is unfortunately a topic in some shape or form at some point. It's a question of just how we can move past this as well and how we can also try give back as well yeah i think having the regulation is really important because right now it's there and you know it'll, it's going to be there forever nothing can you yeah. know take us back to the previous times but knowing where is it that you need to put a stop or knowing uh, at least having like those sort of uh, personal and the company values of this is this as the company we are not going to do this um i think that's that's really really important yeah I mean, in the end, AI has already been used for quite some time before JetGTP. I don't know if you look at more complicated real-time uh, CRM systems to do some predictive analytics. Is this users predicted to churn? So we try to, at least in mobile, we try to offer them a specific offer to get them to come back. Or, okay, we predicted this payer is going to churn. So then we try to offer them a special offer to get them to come in and pay again, stuff like this. So it's already been out there for a while, just getting only more and more advanced. And it's... Uh, I think yeah. I don't think, as you said, yeah. we're not gonna, we're not, we're not going to go back. I don't think it's going to go back. It's just a question of yeah, what can we do with it and what shouldn't we do with it? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, right now, I want to believe that humans will never be redundant, but I guess at one point, who AI topic will overtake uh, human creativity, even. But right now, luckily, uh, it's yeah. mostly just tools and accelerators. Yeah. Well. Our actions be great. Uh, I know a perfect segue. It's very rare that segues work out as well as I've done so far today, to be honest. Uh, but Stuart, up to your question. Sure. Yeah. So coming from a mobile background is kind of the main reason for this question. So basically, in the past, at least from mobile um, games, the the thing is with all uh, with the wall gardens like Google uh, or Facebook, you could simply just you could simply just upload your creators to your campaign and um, with their data, so basically generating lookalikes and their algorithm would do the heavy lifting and match your creators with the matching audience. Um, that's not really possible anymore, given that it's less efficient and maybe not even possible with the latest data regulations on iOS and also the privacy sandbox coming to Android soon question of the effect efficacy and the effectiveness of these of these kind of campaigns is in question at least for most of InnoGans and I think we're not the only one as well it's at the big talk in most conferences you go to now so my kind of question is that what do you need to do on a creative front to still run profitable marketing campaigns so from more broad appealing appealing creators to kind of reach a bigger audience running as we already discussed influencer and UGC content or using maybe more specific targeted creators or so something we do for example if you're male and above 40, you'll love this game. So basically, some very basic stuff, but I mean, it also helps you target in, in um, ways you maybe with this tag possibly they're not there anymore. Or something, again, specifically then for mobile um, using so-called custom product pages from Apple and Google, so where you can align your funnel. So, okay, the user sees this creative, so then when they land to the App Store, they'll see a matching um, landing page, so to say. So just 
curious to see. Obviously, this is a very mobile-specific question, so I don't know how much this will impact you guys. But of course, I know on console, you're also working with limited data as well. So I think you're already dealing with this issue already before ATT even came around. So maybe there's something the mobile guys can learn from you to see how you take how you tackle this approach. Yeah, I think, uh, of course, I mean, on mobile, it works entirely uh, different because your target audience is mobile. However, um, uh, when it comes to, and I'm going to be answering this question more on a generic uh, level, uh, that I would definitely want to raise my doubt on how profitable uh, all these campaigns were to begin with. Like uh, a lot of people just do talk about, oh, more impressions are, uh, you know, click-through rates have been uh, quite high and the cost has been quite low, but it still really raises a doubt as to if this has been really profitable or no, because, you know, uh, you can have as many impressions as you want. You can have as many, uh, uh, let's say, reach you want, but that does not mean it's profitable or no. So uh, these creatives have definitely helped us reach a lot of people. But uh, again, what they didn't do is engage people. And the engagement is a thing that will convert people into the sale. So uh, we should do the same thing that we've always done, which is basically work or focus on improving uh, the engagement tremendously. I mean, the Facebook ad uh, or the Google ad are, are one of the tool amongst the to make sure that we get the right players. And even if you go uh, way wider in terms of target audience, like you mentioned, you know, target all uh, male audience about the age of 40 or such, but what it can do is it can help in additional visibility. However, it's more engagement in the fan base that would help drive the sales. So for example, indeed working with more of the influencers or of the user-generated content or the community as such, so that when you look at a particular ad, you also know side by side that there is somebody who is talking about it and you can trust on that person, which is basically the community. Um, and I think these definitely need to be considered regardless, along with the targeting. So even if, even if you're working on a much, much wider target in this particular instance, like let's say the worst would be just the country-based targeting, right? Uh, but even if it is just this wider, uh, working around what kind of messaging you're using, working around uh, alternate, let's say, uh, images or videos that you're using to see what kind of content fits well to this audience, and then seeing where exactly are you getting the conversion, along with doing other campaigns like press, even if it's older, I think it's still important, or uh, uh, influencers or UGC in this case is, is extremely important because doing just one thing and focusing on that and then focusing on just the creatives might not really get the entire result. Yeah, I I, I, told, I totally get it. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, at least for us, I think it's a, it's a bit different. We are always, we can be very, very, at least in the past, you can be very, very precise with targets. Okay, here is my list of people who made purchases in my game. Facebook, please give me more of that. That's kind of the thing that's gone now. So that's kind of the approach we see now, or at least we're testing between going for a much more broader appeal to reduce the risk on our side to get the cost per acquisition down and the hopes that the lifetime value is then still above it. It's, it's the whole, the balancing act of, okay, how broad can I go before I see my lifetime value and retention values also drop too? Because of course, the broader you go, the less likely people are actually going to like your game. That's kind of the, 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 the balancing act we find ourselves in now. Okay, how much can we abstract our gameplay and game to still reach a broad audience for without lying? Coming back to the ethical standpoint, and also then still being representative of the game itself, it's a thing, a bit of a the, the yeah the dance a lot of mobile marketers are in now. I like the one option you brought up uh, when asking the question, which is basically using copy and the asset 
themselves as filters. This will yeah. probably also very hard to pull off, but especially if you already have an existing audience and you know that exactly how yeah. it does, or how it did perform in the past, maybe you can then really tailor this this asset and copy which only serves them. And I am trying even to think now of some example of that, but I, I can't because it really it must be hard. Is it, there's even some examples like studies been done as well like re referencing people even specifically where they're from so some even campaigns you can insert city macros so hey if you're living in insert city macro it'll just take whatever city the person's in they will feel more engaged in that and get them more likely to say okay as you said a poof card so click through conversion is the most, most most important thing that's also not what we're looking at that's a nice um vanity matrix i made metric i would say but at yeah. the end that's not the important thing but also, at least from our standpoint, you need to be winning auctions to be at the top of the auction to get the most impressions, to get the most valuable users. So those vanity right. metrics are also still very important. Otherwise, you can have a very engaged community. We've also seen pure in-game content actually generates the most engaged users and also the highest LTV. But then we get like only a handful of actual registrations. So it's like, okay, it's not scalable in the end. That's also the thing. Yeah, yeah. And you, need to, you need to balance there too. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly why playing around with the the if you don't have much uh, more targeting options, I think playing around with the assets and playing around with the text and seeing what combination really works is extremely important. And then you also have the in-game data where, of course, the players have given consent to, and where you can go much more deeper in terms of uh, targeting. So that would, you know, overall in that case, the target audience or the uh, cost of acquisition there is much lower than what it initially seems to be yeah yeah previously facebook was able to give us the our co uh, consumers our players but right now even though uh, we know our target audience we need to reach them and um somehow earn them and regarding that there's a uh different approaches that has been used uh, in past years. Uh, one of them is A-B testing, for, uh, for example, uh, to test different variations of your ads to see which one performs the best uh, for which country or which uh, target audience. Uh, that might uh, also help to optimize uh, the creatives for higher en engagement and conversations. Covers, yeah. Other than that, um, Recently, I also realized that uh, lots of uh, mobile gaming uh, companies are using uh, interactive ads to engage more players. Uh, for example, uh, players can uh, play the ad and this helps them to um, get attached to the game. Uh, and that way uh, they are downloading and playing the, playing the game easily. Uh, that might also help at some points. Uh, but other than that, as you mentioned, uh, using influencers uh, might be an, another option to reach uh, your target audience and engage them. And Facebook is no longer doing that for you, uh, reaching out to your uh, target audience. But um, if you uh, were able to find the right uh, connections, uh, right influencers maybe it might be also another way to reach them reach the players and um, yeah something i think at least from 
not something you know guys engage too much with, but i see at least more i guess probably very relevant for you guys is going for this more branding uh, style approach i think the biggest example right now in mobile is definitely marriage mansion working with pedro pascal uh, to promote their match three game which is crazy but it works very very well for them so it's obviously done a different approach they weren't using pedro pascal from the beginning they were going more for this branding storytelling approach to their market to their marketing which is definitely something can work very well i mean in the end you need a very strong game behind it and then to begin with it with very good metrics to make it worthwhile and also then not just that but also an, an interesting story that catches people i mean it, it's a very basic um basic question they pose what 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 is grandma hiding but um can definitely work if you find the right book it's like probably the best choice you could do i mean using petro as yeah. the, uh, the forefront of that campaign because gamers love him because he plays in every kind of series there's something yeah. successful um Mandalorian, yeah. Game of Thrones, Super mm-hmm. Choice. Uh, it's still like a most from Narcos, but I guess that's um, yeah. <laughs> already. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect choice, just like a Keanu Reeves did for uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, although that's uh, of a way, way larger scale. And because we mentioned merch, um, merch mention, uh, at this point, I think they also need to focus on the on some of the game features. Uh, for example, at uh, the game uh, can be still be improved. They can also add a uh, front section, like social interaction uh, with players. And uh, that, uh, I believe that is uh, really a missing point of the game that uh, might engage players more. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I... Sorry. Okay. I think working on the, <laughs> working on the bragging rights in this case, like, uh, where players can brag a little bit about your game is also, I think, a much, much better way to let those people know because, of course, word of mouth is still uh, something that people do prefer. Like, hey, my friend said, let's play this game and I go play that game. And, you know, uh, working on those kind of features uh, uh, also is in- indirectly helping you with more mm-hmm. of a targeted advertising in that case. Indeed, uh, like uh, one of the lessons that I learned in this uh, industry, marketing can, uh, your game is a le- kind of a leaf uh, and marketing can uh, put you in high station, like top uh, of your head. But uh, since your uh, game is a leaf, uh, as much as marketing puts you higher, it will go slowly down. And the quality of your game will decide if it will go uh, fast or uh, slow. That's for sure. But that kind of brings me to a point at least I had marked down and it's probably getting extremely mobile and technical now. But we also, I think it's a big topic is the whole question of custom first-time user experience based on marketing. So something that's not very many are doing, but basically using a function through Google of, uh, and Google development of remote configurations based on where your users come from, offering them a custom first-time experience based on the user funnel. I think it's um, puts a lot of effort on the game design side. So me as a mobile marketer coming to coming to game designers and game developers, please, can you make five different custom first-time user experiences for my campaigns? It's definitely a big sell. But I think in this regard is something that might need to might need to at least be tested coming down coming down the road because if we can't customize and target users correctly with let's say hard targeting capabilities or partners, if we can try lead users in, okay, this user came in because of this creative, then can we try and offer them a more tailored experience within the game itself can also then lead to this proper um 
meshing of marketing and product, which I think is always the goal for every company, but maybe doesn't always work given my 10 years experience. It does work sometimes, but not all the time. And it's definitely in a bit of a fight. Marketing wants this, product wants that. And so, but yeah, I think it's, especially now, marketing needs product, but product, without a product, we can't do marketing, but without marketing, the product can't really come to the market, can't really come to the market and get anything out of it. I think that's kind of the, the stage we're finding ourselves at now, at least in, in mobile, it's questionable. Okay, we need to work together more closely now and uh, be able to offer these better experiences to, to the players in the end. Because it's the most important thing. We're making games. That's why I work in the industry. It's about offering someone a, a nice experience. Now, I could also work in finance doing marketing, but I don't for a reason because I enjoy you know, bringing nice games to people. And being a gamer myself, it's always uh, the best thing. So I think it's definitely a time to try and bridge this gap a little bit <laughs> again perfect segue um it's almost like <laughs> families to be honest uh, uh but though on to the last question here with uh stefan you then a list and this was a very well a more broad question that's why i don't heard of this podcast topic which is the future of marketing i thought of two things what's the current state and what will be the future state uh hence my question which is quite simple uh, what cutting edge marketing channels do you currently prefer and do you see a new one emerging? And you can go as detailed as you want. I, mean, I just have my personal preferences right now. And they changed quite a bit over the time that I worked on the industry, especially with always new platforms coming up. And for indie games particularly, still Steam being the biggest thing, PC indie games, of course. Um, so I just want to know from you guys, what's your current take here? And maybe also some new special channels and new special platform that no one has heard of, which will be soon huge. Who knows? I think you've asked the Holy Grail question, to be honest. <laughs> um, I would love to know the next big channel. Um, I think that's always a bit of a speculation. Uh, but it needs for us something that's interesting. We haven't done too much before. It's not super innovative, new, but you know the whole aspect of really tackling influencer marketing, at least for inno games, I wouldn't say question of what's innovative and new cutting edge channel depends on where you're coming from and what your previous experience is that's at least for us and something you know gets a lot as well as also television marketing which is maybe a bit surprising for people considering we're a mobile first company which is not usually the case but there's also this whole idea of connected tv where you can then um, basically acquire users through programmatic advertising and then be able to track it a bit more bit better because right now we also do tv advertising and treat it like direct response uh, advertising and try to attribute installs and players which is a bit difficult so we're kind of hopeful now at least the upcoming test that we'll be able to see a bit more better performance there and i guess will probably also be something interesting as well for console uh, games as well to try and test it out of course the cpms there are very expensive it is tv after all um it's the question of then if you have the budget for it um but then makes TV a bit more attributable, which I think has always been the biggest problem, at least if you look from a performance standpoint. If you're looking just pure branding, then yeah, something yeah, that can work quite well. But we're still also in the early the early days there with connected TV, but definitely something we're interested in. What does yeah. Arnold then look like on TV, actually? like, I mean, I guess I've seen some uh, advertisements of yours already, uh, which then always says TTA, so you probably expect users to just yeah. go down on, your, on their device, mobile device, and look the game look the game up for themselves, download and play it. Yeah, it's 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 usually that it's that can be also some kind of uh trackable incentive on this t- TV commercials. And um, no, you usually not there's 
there's not really any incentive. We also have, it's also we encourage players to go to our browser titles as well. So we also pay possible player get in the browser and we have then custom browser links that are very short that people can just go through. And um, that's, that's the, the biggest problem then tracking this attribution. So it's usually some very complicated modeling that I could, I could get into. I'm not working in the TV team. We have a whole separate TV team doing that. And we have also a custom model for this team made by an analytics department, but I could probably talk about that for hours. And I'm also not sure if I can share the complete details of that either. So, but we're not, we're currently not, um, uh, rewarding, let's say players for then downloading our game via, if they find it via TV, it's basically more for pushing up organic traffic and kind of, you know, seeing, okay, when do we see some peaks in organic and stuff like this? But yeah, that's why we're interested in connected TV to make this a bit more trackable. And the question is then how scalable is that? Because it all, you need it, you only go, only works with smart TVs that have this certain SDK integrated. I'm not sure of the exact, the exact capabilities of it. And if it's a clickable link there, I don't know. It's in the question of how, how, how it will work, but, um, it's something interesting. It's it's bringing TV to a step closer to, let's say, normal online marketing, where there's at least a little bit more trackability. Like right now with TV, it's basically, okay, you have Nielsen, and basically they estimate how many people viewed this TV show in this time frame in this country, and then that's basically how you estimate your amount of impression. So even be able to get impression data, if they fire some kind of postback for when this ad is actually on and how many TVs are watching, it would already be a big benefit because you have actual data then instead of just estimated data yeah i say even with tv or now or uh, with any particular platform it's really important to see what kind of target audience you have like for example if you your game has uh, a much much younger age rating i think you can always prefer tiktok because tiktok is still growing crazy and you can see like the number of people on tiktok is uh, huge but of course that has more younger audience and it also depends on you know what kind of uh, uh, let's say uh, engagement are you looking for if you're looking for more comments if you're looking for more actual people to comment on then i think twitter still really really does the trick um but looking at uh you know more company or the corporate policies there are definitely much more alternate channels that are coming which are similar to twitter for example which are similar to uh, um, instagram and uh, uh, i think there are many more streaming platforms that are coming up so, which are also a good alternate to YouTube and um, Twitch as well. But it's difficult to say which one is going to be the, you know, next big hit per se. Um, however, I think looking at the current channels, I definitely say that uh, yeah, there's like a huge scope to work with uh, on the current existing channels itself, especially with um, uh, TikTok, for instance, and especially with all the channels where your influencers are at. Like, uh, I think... Uh, one thing that we can still leverage is influencers. Uh, that uh, I mean, as long as we have not reached the peak, that's that's one of the uh, interesting things that you can work out uh, with. And I think as long as you have, sorry, as long as you have the more impactful ads, it, it doesn't really uh, uh, matter when it comes to more of, uh, let's say, uh, accurate targeting. As long as you can do that, for instance. Sorry, go on. I mean, just if you think about it, the whole influence and affiliate marketing is not that old and it probably has not even reached its peak just yet there will just be more and more on the site and possibly even a couple of new platforms where it's even further elevated there you go i mean if i would need to give a prediction that's probably what i would go for even if i do not like it personally but i think it will will be the way indeed i have uh sometimes i think that i wish uh what future holds for us but 
Um, as a person who doesn't come from the marketing background, it is hard for me to guess what is the cutting edge uh, uh, future applications of marketing. But right now, I can say that we are using influencer marketing uh, on different channels for our games. Uh, we are actually considering uh, cross-promotion or, or collaborations with other uh, labels uh, regarding uh, our big titles, but it is a point uh, that we must consider if it is going to be profitable or not, or if it's, it is going to worth it or not. So uh, it has some rough uh, edges too. Other than that, uh, for mobile gaming, I really enjoyed uh, interactive experiences and user-generated content. So that must be sure uh, a different uh, approach that we must continue. Um, maybe one more thing that I can say that uh, on recent years regarding COVID, uh, players were not able to get together in, uh, for example, Gamescom. Uh, or other lots of events, and this this has uh, affected, uh, in my opinion, badly, uh, because uh, having a, a gatherings or gaming tournaments uh, is important, and doing it face to face is another experience for players. Uh, now it has turned to digital, but um, I believe uh, since the COVID is almost gone. Uh, it will go back to face-to-face, -to -face, hopefully, uh, and um, it should, sure will be uh, affected, uh, affect the whole gaming industry. Yeah, I think coming back to COVID and the whole state of the world right now, at least from our standpoint here, and again, we don't see much new, let's say, innovative, cutting-edge channels. Actually, honestly, what you see a lot in the market in terms of it, let's say ad tech perspective is simply just consolidation um, or the, the companies declining. If we look at basically layoffs at every big ad tech company, Facebook, Google, Twitter, it's either that, uh, it's basically layoffs or companies merging. If you want to get into the whole mobile aspect of things as well, or even or even publishers like Zynga bought out a mobile DSP chart boost to basically bolster its own UA activity. So it's, I think it's going in this uh, realm a little bit. Okay, right now where we don't have the resources or let's say margin to really innovate it so drastically. So we basically need to see a lot of consolidation. So I think once this kind of stabilizes a little bit, we might see a little bit more. In terms of more innovative channels coming out, I think there are still new ones coming up. So, as you mentioned, a proof, uh, so, so TikTok, but of course, also with the legal uh, ramifications, maybe being blocked, it may be banned in the US. Uh, ByteDance are already acting upon this and releasing Lemon 8 into the market. So, that could be something else that might be big if TikTok again gets banned. So, that can also be something interesting. I don't know if they have any active team handling um, advertising for Lemon 8 yet. I'm not sure. At least we haven't reached out to them yet, but I mean, it might be something worth looking into especially if it does get banned and no, i think it's already tiktok might have already even been banned in, in the netherlands as far as i'm aware so it is getting more pressure from the western world the question is then how long will that be around if, if the, i think honestly the pressure is a bit unjust because tiktok is basically just doing the same thing facebook has been doing for 10 years anyway it's just because it's from china which is definitely um yeah let's say pushing the pushing the ethical boundaries is okay why can facebook do it and uh, and TikTok not, not, but um, yeah. But then there's definitely then the, the question of that. Uh, how can you take advantage of those channels? But I don't know, at least in our opinion, 
with marketing getting more and more difficult, of course, the, the risks and chat and the approaches, new new approaches need to be taken, but at a, at a calculated manner, I think right now releasing, you know, for example, I don't see the metaverse becoming a very big advertising space for us in the next few years. But Maybe yeah. the next five years. Yeah. Maybe. No. If Mark if Mark Zuckerberg invests another thirty six billion in it, maybe, <laughs> maybe twice the amount, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as Bruce also just mentioned, the whole thing here about so I think really physical converse, uh, conventions. Uh, excuse me. Um, actually, uh, now with the dig uh, digital conventions being here, that's a huge step forward for the indie game branch, since it's way easier sharing a demo with a worldwide audience now than it has ever been. And possibly it's no direct opposite than for any kind of ongoing games. Um, and the missing effect here of a physical convention where players meet together and the community can grow and engage even further. But if indie games, it's just, yeah. I mean, out of the whole Corona and COVID situation, there came the Steam Next Fest, which is now kind of the biggest marketing activity you can get onto for PC games on Steam, which is a good thing for the indies. So I at least know for that positive. <laughs> Indeed, having digital uh, gather gather arounds or uh, these events uh, has bec has become a regular thing, and that should continue. Uh, and uh, considering the console uh, gaming environment, also uh, I believe Nintendo and PlayStation has uh, in favor not to have a, a stand on those. Uh, some of the gaming conventions uh, like Gamescom uh, but in my opinion uh, it has another culture uh, that must be uh, continue uh, like cosplaying or player get arounds uh, yeah having uh, a display of your uh, game uh, in those conversions as physical um, has a different uh, air but of course, uh, having them on digital is also another way to reach a uh, wider uh, player target. Uh, so perfect. I think we'll leave it there then. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank all of my guests, Stefan, Stuart, Buzza, and the Pulva, for providing your insights onto the topic. And thanks everybody there for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at jordan.lound at evolution-nordics.com and we will see you all next time.